before we start, I would like to open with a prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for your goodness. We thank you, Lord God, for the opportunity to come before you, Lord God, to present, Lord God, ourselves as we are, O Father. Lord, as we come tonight, O Father, as we continue, Lord God, on the prayer that you taught us, O Father, we pray, Lord, that you will reveal your heart to us, O Lord God, so that we'll know you more and more, O Father. Lord, we pray, O Father, that as we dip deeper into your word, Lord God, that, O Father, we will understand, Lord God, what your heart is for us, O Lord God, and that, Lord God, we'll be able, O Father, to know where you want us to go, O Father. Lord, I pray, O oh Father, that, Lord God, as I, as I bring the word, Lord God, tonight, that it will be your word and not my word, O oh Father. Lord, I just want to lift your name on high and exalt you, Lord. I want to thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Um, Keith has mentioned that it's uh, holidays time, summertime. So I just want to let you know that also my friends have gone on holiday. So there will be no donkeys this evening. <laughs> so we continue on the Lord's Prayer. We've looked at adoration and we agreed that adoration was acknowledging the supremacy of God and getting to know who God is in your life. Who, who comes first really in your life and expressing that to him. He already knows that he's number one, but he needs us to go back and express that again. We went on to look at intercession, which is the act of standing in the gap for others. And we know that it is important to intercede for others because the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father and he is continually interceding for us. We see that in Romans 8:33, it says, Who shall bring charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is risen and is even at the right hand of God and also makes intercession for us. So, if Jesus, who is the chief intercessor, is interceding for us, is setting an example for us as the church that we need to continually stand in the gap for others, to stand in the gap for our families that do not know Christ as yet, to stand in the gap for our neighborhoods. So it, it is our responsibility as the church to take that place and stand in the gap and make that difference. Because when we pray, we change the future. Things happen that were not meant to happen because we've, we've prayed. We see people raised, raised from the dead because people pray. So we need to focus on our role as intercessors within the church. Today we look at yet another part of the prayer model which is what Jesus taught his disciples. Uh, that part is petition. And the part we are looking at is, give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. It's in interesting though, that uh, when you look in Matthew 4, verse 4, 
when Jesus was tempted by the devil, he answered and said, It is written, men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And two chapters down the line, he's teaching his disciples that they should ask God for daily bread. So, where is the balance there? He's saying, men shall not live by bread alone. He's saying, give us this day our daily bread. I found that quite interesting. What we know when we look at uh, Matthew 6 verse 8, it says, God already knows what we need. Before we even open our mouths to ask, he already knows what we need. And he said on verse 8, Therefore do not be like them, for your father knows the things you need before you ask him. If our father knows the things that we need, why should we be praying to him? Well, I believe it is a good thing to do, to ask God to give us whatever we need. This is what we are taught as children when we grow up, that when you want something, you go and ask. Even though your parents know that you need that, you go and ask to show that you appreciate their presence, you appreciate their ability to provide for you. So, if we know how to go and ask our parents, we have got that, this, that same ability, that same privilege to go to God and ask. And if we, as evil as we are, know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will God do for us? I find that mind-blowing because God really, really cares about you. Uh, I came across a video uh, some time ago. It's about a father's love. Uh, if you take a look at the screen. As we can see on this video, the father is driven by the love that he has for the son. It's not just the love that drives him, but it's the pleasure that the son gains from experiencing the marathon. So if this father enjoys doing that marathon, he's in his 60s and he still does that for his son because of the love that he has for him. How much more will our father in heaven? He is paid an even greater price. He gave his one and only son who died on the cross so that we may live. So, don't you think together with him he's going to give us everything else that we need? I think he will do. Shall you open your Bibles with me please to Matthew 7 verse 7. And those of you that have got their Bibles with you, 
Can you read it out aloud, please? I will be reading from the New King James Version. It says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. For he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you, if a son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? Isn't that amazing? How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? So even though he knows what we need, he wants us to ask him so that he can enjoy seeing the expression in our faces when we receive those gifts. Because every parent enjoys that expression when their child receives a gift. So we know that our God is a good, good father and he has our best interest at heart. God has already set aside everything that we need to get in the right place in order for us to enjoy those heavenly benefits on earth. But how do we get to enjoy those benefits? We enjoy those benefits by seeking the kingdom first. When you read further on on Matthew 6 from verse 31 to 34, it says, Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So, God is showing us here that he knows that we need all these things. But what we need to do is to be in his presence, to seek his kingdom, to know who he is, to know what his significance is, his significance is in our lives, and put him in his place in our lives. If we do that, we know that all the other things that we need will be added to us. We don't need to be, to be worrying about them. You might be sitting there thinking, I don't have a job. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. But your father knows that you've got bills that need to be paid. You've got food. You need food to eat. And he says he will take care of you because God is really concerned about you, about your well-being. He says in Isaiah 49. See, I've inscribed you on the palm of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. So, your name is written on God's hands. It is there so that he can see it all the time. And don't think if when you're going through stuff that going through stuff alone, 
God is aware of what's happening. And he is even holding you in the palm of his hand. And he is taking care of you. He also tells us that we should come to him and he will give us rest. So, in Matthew eleven twenty-eight, he says, Come to me, all you labor and are heavily burdened, and I'll give you rest. So he knows that all these things will come, but he wants us to come to him. He calls us to himself so that he can give us that rest. He initially created us to have fellowship with him. We, we were created just to look after the garden, not work the garden, but look after the garden. But when we sinned, Things turned around. We, we were then destined to work hard for whatever we eat. But God still cares for us and he calls us to him. And he says in 1 Peter 5, 6-7, Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. We already know that our Father loves us so much, as John 3.16 tells us, that for God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. We have seen how this Father loves his child there, that he gives his all to see him happy. And we know that our God loves us as well. And we know that even though we are evil, God give good gifts. We give good gifts to our children. How much more will he give us perfect gifts which are in line with his perfect will? To experience this, we need to come to his presence. We need to present ourselves and soak ourselves in his presence. The only way that we can be able to do that is knowing his perfect will. And how will we know his perfect will? His perfect will is found in his word. God commanded Joshua to be strong and be courageous. But he did not only command him to be strong and courageous, but he also commanded him to hold on to his word and meditate upon it day and night. In Joshua 1 verse 8, it says, This book of law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to what is written. For then you will make your ways prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So even in the Old Testament, we see God telling Joshua to hold on to his word because his word is what is going to guide him wherever he goes. We know that his word is actually Jesus Christ. As John, 14 tells, as John 1 tells us, that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So we know that everything that was created was created through the word of God. And the word of God is the truth. And Jesus tells us that we will know the truth and the truth will set, will set us free. Why are we free? Because that's what the truth tells us. 
the word of God, which is Christ Jesus, our Lord and Saviour. The other thing that we need to do is to love. When Jesus was asked by the scribes, what is the greatest commandment? He answered them in Mark 12:29 and said, The first of all commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the word of our, the Lord our God is, the, is one. And you shall love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second commandment, like, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than this. So, when you keep the two commandments, you've kept all of them, because commandment number two tells us that you shall love your, say, your, your neighbor as yourself. Obviously, when you love your neighbor as yourself, you will not hurt yourself. You wish what is best for yourself. So, when you start doing that, you start doing that for your neighbors, you start doing that for your enemies, and you live at peace with everyone. And your life then becomes fulfilled. But my question is, do we really love our neighbor? Do we take time to look around and see what is happening? Are we too involved in our needs that we forget what other people are around us are in need of? What are we seeking after? Are we seeking after the worldly things or are we seeking after God? We should be looking at things from a different perspective. We should be looking at things from God's eyes, not our only fleshly eyes. When you look at things from God's perspective, you will see where there is need because the Spirit of God will give you discernment and you will know when a brother is in need, you will know when a sister is in need and you will be prompted by the Holy Spirit to make that phone call to find out how so-and-so is doing. You will be prompted to make that visit to go and see how so-and-so is doing. That is the love that we need to be showing as a church. We should, we should do as Jesus did. He loved us so much that he died for us on the cross. What are we willing to do for him? Are we willing to put ourselves at risk for him? Are we willing to stand on the rooftops and shout that Jesus is Lord? Are we willing to forsake all others and cling to him who is the author and perfecter of our lives. If we are, what are we doing to show that in our neighborhoods? What are we giving out as a, a symbol that we are the Christians we say we are? Because being a Christian is more than just uh, professing it by your mouth saying I am a Christian it is your works that show what you, what you really say you are 
And we need to be careful as well that we not focus on the works because the Bible tells us that it's not all that say, Lord, Lord, that will inherit the kingdom. It warns us to be careful. It says, by their works we shall see them. So what what our works saying of us? Are we saying one thing and doing the other? We need to live a life that shows who God is and do what we say we are. And I said earlier that we need to ask so that we may receive. But when we ask, what are our motives behind asking? Are we asking because we want to show off? Are we asking because we are in need? Are we asking because we see a need that needs to be met? We know that we already have everything. We live as Christians or as people on this earth. We live two lives. We live the life on earth and we live the life in heaven. And the life in heaven is where everything has been set aside for us. But are we reaching that life in heaven, that heavenly life? Are we aiming high enough to achieve it? It says, For his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who has called us who has called us by his own glory and goodness. For through this he has given us every great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in divine nature, having escaped corruption in the world caused by evil desires. So what are you desiring? Are you desiring God, or are you desiring this, this world? It is about knowing what your heart yearns for and being true to yourself. And if you know that there is something that is not right within your motives, it is for you to come back to God and ask for forgiveness. And he forgives and he gives you a clean slate. He tells us that if a man is in Christ, he has become a new creation. All things are passed away. And when you become a Christian, when you become a new man, then everything is wiped clean. He says in Isaiah that he blows away your transgressions. So literally blows them away. If you've got dust on your hand and blow it away, it disappears. You never see it again. So the same happens for our sins. We just need to come back to God and surrender everything. It is about knowing how to ask and asking with the right motives. We already know that everything is there ready for us. If we have got the right heart and have the right attitude, all that is there for us to receive. We just need to align our hearts 
with the will of Christ. We need to know that when we ask, we ask for the right thing. We have a, a brilliant example in Solomon. When you go to Second Chronicles chapter 1, verse 7, it says, And Solomon said to God, You have shown great mercy to David my father, and have made me king in his place. Now, now, O Lord God, let your promise to David my father be established, for you have made me king over the people like dust of the earth in the multitude. Now, give me wisdom and knowledge that I may go out before the people, for who can judge this great nation of yours? So, Solomon knew that he couldn't do it on his own. And he asked God for wisdom. He could have asked for riches. He could have asked to be the strongest man. But he didn't ask for that. He asked for wisdom. And listen to what God says. It says, then God said to Solomon, because, because this was in your heart, you have not asked for riches or wealth or honor or the life of your enemies. You have asked, you have not asked, not asked for long life. But you have asked for wisdom and knowledge for yourself that you may judge my people over whom I have made you king. Wisdom and knowledge are granted to you and I will give you riches and wealth and honor such as no of the, none of the kings have had where you, who were before or who shall, who shall after you have like. So because Solomon asked for wisdom, God gave everything else on top of the wisdom that he asked. So, when we seek the kingdom of heaven, everything else is added unto us. So, we need to be clear of our motives. Even James 4, 3 tells us that we have, we have not because we ask not. But then when we ask, we do not receive because we ask with wrong motives. What are your motives today when you ask? Are you asking God for the things that you want or the things that you need? Remember, Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of heaven and all these things shall be added unto you. So you may be sitting there thinking, how do I then seek this kingdom? How do I come back to become part of the kingdom? It's really simple. You invite Jesus Christ into your life as Lord and Savior. And when he comes in, when you fully accept him, he becomes your Lord and you are part of the kingdom. If you are to die within the next 24 hours, have you considered where your destiny is? Are you destined for eternal life? Are you destined for eternal destruction? Do not fear men because men can only damage the body. But your fear should be the fear of the Lord who has the ability to destroy both the body and the soul in hell. So I'll urge you tonight to choose life. If that's you today, I'll urge you to find someone that can pray with you. 
Because the word says, he who acknowledges me before men, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. Thank you. I'll leave you with a, a song while you take time to evaluate and think about it. Uh, Kade?